At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Long Shots, VEASAN's premier golf betting podcast. Here's Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin. Hello and welcome to Long Shots, the Genesis Invitational Edition. Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, Wes Reynolds coming to you. And fellas, we got another long shot winner this week. And that makes six in a row that were triple digits, at least at some point in the betting market. It has not treated me very well. Uh, that has not done very well for me so far this nope. season. So uh, hopefully we turn things around here on the Genesis. But looking back, Last week, Wes, when we take a look at that tournament, and and I don't think this is making excuses or anything like that. I mean, there was no way to properly handicap that tournament. There was no way to to know how that weather was going to turn out and just how exactly awful the splits were going to be for the different guys out there. And, you know, listen, if people cash tickets last week, good on them. I'm glad you did. I want want you to take all the sportsbooks money. But at the end of the day, when we're trying to handicap a tournament, next thing you know, Plays getting suspended. Some guys are playing in ideal conditions. Some guys are playing in ridiculous conditions. There's all kinds of craziness going on. Finishing rounds, you know, at weird times of the day and night and all of that. It's just a very hard golf tournament when it plays out like that to handicap. And so I'm actually not beating myself up over that last week all that much because there was just so much in play that it's impossible for me to to put into a model, for me to even predict, for me to try to get an opinion on that, okay, it is what it is. I move on to this week. Yeah, and and it looked the late early draw ended up being the first two rounds ended up being the more beneficial draw. Had one guy in the mix, had Sahif Thagala, who was the thirty six hole leader and the fifty four hole co leader. Didn't really fire in the in the final round, but it ended up coming down to the playoff, the two best putters of the week, and that was Nick Taylor and Charlie Hoffman. And I, I you know, once Sahif was out, I was kind of rooting for Charlie because obviously the story and he's on the back end of his career. He's 47. So was hoping he'd get it done. But Nick Taylor, uh, Nick Taylor makes clutch putts in playoffs. I found that out firsthand at the RBC last year, having Tommy Fleetwood. But, uh, you know, Scotty Scheffler was right there, of course, like he usually is. Couldn't make a putt on the back nine. But 
you know, didn't didn't get there. And uh, uh, Nick Taylor, I think it was high as like 170. I think consensus like about 150 to one uh, goes ahead and closes it out. And a uh, couple big names in the mix, Scheffler, Burns, uh, Jordan Spieth ended up in the top 10 as well. So good tournament. Not my best tournament from a betting standpoint, though. Kelly, yes. yeah, Kelly, you and I talked about it a little bit. You know, there was on top of the weather, on top of everything else that was going on, crowd was getting out of hand. The crowd was bothering some of the players out there and going absolutely bonkers because when play gets suspended, you know what you do? You just pound boost. That's what you do. <laughs> and like, so it was getting, you know, it was getting crazy out there with all of that. And so, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm glad for the people that cashed outrights. I saw a few that showed up on Twitter, but at, at the end of the day, I'm not, uh, I'm not looking at this as like, a, oh man, I really, I really messed this up. There was just really no way for me to, to go about this any other way. Yeah. A couple of tournaments in a row. It's starting, it's felt like that now where you, really not much you could do. Uh, you either caught a lucky break with the weather or, or not and a little unlucky break with the weather between here and then back at Pebble as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, like you said, for everybody who won good on you, uh, it's got, it's definitely getting a little frustrating. I think for, uh, we talked about a bit on numbers game this morning, you know, Wes, uh, you know, tip the cap to you hitting those two, two outrights last week, man. I would love to, uh, you know, as we're sitting here trying to, trying to spin our wheels and, you know, get going on the season to have to battle through a couple tournaments that kind of completely get derailed uh, by weather gets a little bit frustrating. And I know Wes, uh, or I know Matt was, was sitting right by me when I, I did have a live ticket on Hoffman from Saturday that was like nine to one just because I love the Hoff and uh, he would he had gotten in the mix and it definitely definitely didn't have a great number but I think it uh it speaks to where we're at the golf season where I'm ready for a winner because it was uh we were sitting there Super Bowl had kicked off Matt looks at me he's like they're in a playoff you hedging it all I was like <laughs> screw it no like I'm letting it ride like I that's how desperate I was for a winner I just let it ride you should probably you should almost never do that you know if you do have a number <laughs> at all that you get into a one-man playoff hedge away you should absolutely you should probably lock in some profit at that point I was stubborn and frustrated though and made a bad decision and yeah uh it uh it didn't get through and I man Without any numbers in front of me, fellas, it sure feels like Nick Taylor's won about six times in the past three years, which I know yeah. is not right at all, but it feels like I, I didn't even <laughs> consider him either, considering no. the fact he was runner-up here last year. And I'm yes. like, maybe, because yeah. I went with the other Scottsdale Canadian, Adam Hadwin, who, who missed the cut. He was on my card. But, uh, uh, yeah, Nick Taylor uh, won the RBC last summer in Canada, winning this event and uh, moving up in those world rankings. And, uh keeping himself in these uh, designated signature events, which we have this week. I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping this is something the Hoff builds off of though. Cause it was, you know, before he yeah. kind of stumbled and then he had to go get, you know, what was it? The skin cancer treatment. Right. And he missed some time yeah. because of that. And, he know, wasn't I, even in the field this week. Right, I, Cause I yeah. think he asked for an exemption and uh, you know, Tiger said they were all out of him because he's of course the host this week at the Genesis. Now Tiger made sure he had a sponsor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He made way for uh, himself, but yeah, yes. you know, you know, just going back a couple of years, like, you know, Hoffman has dialed it when he's dialed in with the irons. Like he's one of the best approach players like that yeah. we see out there. So you know, like you said, getting up there in age, is he going to be able to get bounced back to a form where you can at least rely on that? I don't know, but I hope he does because we, you know, we talk about it on this podcast all the time. I mean, if you're hitting up, if you're up there in the approach stats, 
Yeah, you're going to put yourself in the mix in a lot of tournaments. Stewie Sink, uh, look, yeah. he's won a couple events at 47 and 48, so why not Charlie Hoffman? Uh, Brian Gay, a couple of years ago, uh, I think down at the Dominican event, you know, just about to turn 50, he wins an event. So you can win when you're on the back nine of your career on this tour. And if you're uh, and if you're the Hoff, you can proudly say that outside of Tiger Woods, if you uh, if you're in a group of friends who are all big golfers and, and big golf fans, the most dressed up like golfer for Halloween uh, outside of Tiger Woods, because it's very easy. <laughs> you just wear the uh, the, tr- the waste management stuff and everybody mm-hmm. knows what's uh, what's going on with you and the Hoff. I mean, outside of Tiger, you wear the red, you know, you wear the black Nike out of that, you know, everyone dressed up like Tiger. But outside of that, it's the Hoff. It's the Hoff is the oh, uh, that's most- a good call. Who yeah. else? could? Who else could you do? You could do uh, like Keith Mitchell with the extended uh, the extended uh, collar, whatever the hell that's called. Uh, you could have done back in the day, Ricky, with like the yeah. crazy orange stuff and the whatever and and all that. But you yeah, know, he's... you you mentioned Nike, uh, the swoosh, no more for Tiger yes, Woods. Yes, Sunday no red, uh, Sun courtesy... day, two different words. Yes, yes, courtesy of TaylorMade. Yes, yeah, I'm not used to Tiger playing TaylorMade either. So uh, uh, a new era for Tiger Woods on the back end. Yes, of his Sun career. and day, two different words. Uh, Sunday red is going to be debuting this weekend as well at the Genesis Invitational. It is an invitational, which means it's a small field. Guys, I don't know if you were like me. I was going in expecting to see 80 names, only 70 names that uh, that popped up whenever I started to do the research for all of this. But unlike the designated events, there will be a cut in theory because <laughs> kind of. if yes, if you are within 10 strokes, you are still going to make the cut. And so unless there is a massive leader after Uh, the first two rounds, then in theory, everyone could make it through. But also, if you really go out there and hack it up, you could, in fact, get cut in this thing. So Yeah, the old USGA rule at the U.S. Open, 10 shots at a lead. It's actually top 50 in ties, plus every player within 10 shots of lead. So you could figuratively get the whole field make the cut. Yeah, it's uh, it's, and the weirdest thing of all of this is, like the the guy most likely to miss is probably Tiger. It's like right. it's, 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 it's probably Tiger. If there's anybody that could go out there and probably fall outside of ten strokes of the lead, it could be Tiger. Who again we have not seen play in quite some time, and we'll get to him in uh, in earnest, of course, over the course of the podcast. But hell, Wes, let's go ahead and get right into it and tell us a little bit about Riviera. Yeah, and look, uh, you mentioned uh, signature event, so 50 of the top 60 players. The only ones eligible that didn't play were Mathieu Pavone and Justin Rose, and as you, of course, mentioned, Tiger back for the first time since last year's Masters. But Riviera Country Club, classic course, one of my favorites, actually, on the PGA Tour because there's so many different ways to attack it, and that's what I think the designers wanted to do. Tom Fazio did the redesign in 2012. Uh Par 71, a little over 7,300 yards, of course, has hosted numerous major championships, going to host the Olympics here at the next Olympics for their golf venue. Uh, Hogan's Alley, named for the legendary Ben Hogan, who won the L.A. Open three times and won the U.S. Open here. That's what it used to be known as was the uh, L.A. Open. Uh, Kikuya Fairways, uh, much like Torrey Pines and Kikuya Rough. Pretty tight, though, uh, just 27 yards on average, so six narrowest on door. But you hit in a huge greens, really big greens, 7,500 yards. But yet it has one of the lowest greens in regulation, Mark, on the PGA Tour, about 56, 57 some odd percent. Uh, so you got a lot of dog legs. You're going to hit blind approach shots, not a lot of bunkers. Uh, 
you know, you got to shape your shots here. So you got to be creative. That's why Bubba Watson over the years obviously played so well here. Uh, uh, difficult course uh, for the last eight years. I think it was 14th last year out of about 45 courses. No water, by the way, on this course. Uh, so, yeah, it's a really it's a really interesting course. I think some real signature holes. You start out, actually, if you start on the front nine, the, the first hole is par five. And that's a way to get off to a good start. And that's what helped me uh, get Neiman home uh, when he beat Morikawa, who is number two, uh, second in the field, beat him by three shots on just that one hole. So those par fives, as we get into like what we're modeling for stats, are really going to matter. If you're looking for course corollaries, a little bit of Augusta here, some crossover, uh, Tory South, obviously because of the Kikuya. Uh, all over the course. Uh, by the way, Poa Greens as well, and they're going to run pretty fast, about 12 and a half on the stem. PGA National, I think, the Copperhead course at Innisbrook where they played the Valspar. Those were the ones that kind of resembled, I think, what we might see this week. Kelly, it is uh, historically one of the ridiculously hardest uh, putting uh, courses on tour imagine that will continue on this year it's you know poa difficult to put on anyway for a lot of people and then these greens particularly tricky if you go in and look like it is just a mass of missed six footers uh left and right all over this course and so you know whenever we start to kind of you know look we we do say sometimes let's look into you know let's look into putting let's look into guys that play on poa or whatever but it, it'll be interesting i can't wait to see how you guys put your models together this week because it has tended not to matter at this yeah. course. Yeah, you know me. I always look for an excuse to go uh, to go away from looking at putting stats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's the <laughs> yeah. You just described it well. It's so it's it's been so difficult over the years that the you know you get kind of everybody regressing to a me, you know a mean together. Uh, so it's a it wasn't really some. It, it's something I factored in a little bit. I think it was just a good, a good as you always bring. Uh, you often bring up Matt a tiebreaker when you're looking at some guys. You you know comparing what they do putting wise on Poa. But I yeah I think it's a it's a big thing to be aware of this week. It, it, you know as Wes brought brought up. It's it's a kind of true test of everything that you're going to see this week off the tee on approach. Uh, you know putting around the green. It's really kind of that first tournament of the year where we where we get to see every club in the bag matter for sure. Yeah. And if you're looking for like a few trends here, uh, 14 of the last 16, won at least three times on the PGA tour, 16 of the last 18 have played at least four times here, which is very interesting because we do have a couple shorter odds guys on the board making their first or maybe their second appearance here. So maybe they can be outliers 14 of the last 17, at least played Pebble beach or Scottsdale in a previous start before coming here. So I don't think like a lot of time off is beneficial here. 14 in the last 16, 29 or older. John Rom was an outlier to that. Of course, Rom not defending his title here. Uh, uh, beat Max Homa by two at this event last year. So experience and predictive, I think it was like fourth most predictive has tend to matter here. But uh, there's a couple of really talented guys up near the top that uh, might put a kibosh to those trends. Yeah, I do think those are I do think those could be some predictive trends, some of them. And I think it is. But, you know, Matt, we always like to play the game, break down the trends. Right. And it's OK. So what does that really tell us? Be right. one of the best golfers around and uh, be one of the best golfers who's pl- played here and played here well in the past. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. That's, that's the biggest things you need to take away from those. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things, couple of guys with boots on the ground that I was listening to today 
on PGA Tour Radio say that it is pretty soft out there. Still uh, tons of rain, as we know, living here in Vegas, uh, just tons of rain coming through the West Coast over the last couple of weeks. And so, Wes, it's not uh, one of those. It's not going to play like maybe we have seen in, in years past. And with it not being a coastal course, it's not as easy to dry out. You know, you don't get just the winds every single day mm-hmm. coming through there and all of that. So things could change. Obviously, only Tuesday as us recording this. But uh, again, boots on the ground there today. We're saying that it was still pretty soft conditions. Yeah, we saw last week in Phoenix. It was a lot softer mm-hmm. than it normally is. It usually plays much firmer and faster, as does Riviera. So winning score, at least previously, Rom was 17 under last year, Neiman 19 the year before. But a lot of years you see low teens here. I think Homa yeah. was 12 under. Adam Scott was 11 under. So you see kind of that 11 to 15 range. And then there's obviously some uh, some outliers in between. But it has scored much easier over the last couple of years. Yes. Yeah, so we'll take a look at this odds board here. Scotty Scheffler, as you would imagine, is your favorite to win this thing at plus 650, as Wes mentioned. Showed up yet again last week. At uh, the waste management, the guy is just an absolute machine. Rory McIlroy at 10 to 1. Xander's at 14, as is Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland coming back off of taking a little time off. Said he wasn't really, really loving his game, so he wanted to go and put mm-hmm. in some work as opposed to playing in some tournaments, specifically in waste management that didn't uh, that didn't pay all that well and had hellacious conditions in there. Patrick Cantlay at 16. Justin Thomas also at 16. Morikawa also at 16. Max Homa it's the last golfer you'll find on the DraftKings odds board at under 20 to 1. Once you hit 20 to 1, you still get some really big names in Sam Burns, Luke Egber. You get uh, Jordan Spieth at 25, Adam Scott at 25, Tony Finau and Tommy Fleetwood are at 30. Already a winner this year, though be at 54 holes. Wyndham Clark at 35. Sahith Tagala, as you mentioned, Wes was competing last week at 35. So some very, very big names. And then even as you get further down the board, as you would Imagine in a field stacked with, with, with 70 guys. I mean, Tom Kim, multiple time winner, Zalatoris, uh, you know, you get Jason day, Keegan Bradley, all these guys, Sung J M. These are all guys that are 50 to one or, or, or longer on the odds board. And so could be interesting as we get to our betting cards a little bit later, because all the way to the bottom, I mean, seriously, you're looking even in the triple digits with guys you know, that we wouldn't necessarily just write off as, as, as no chance, right? I mean, Luke List is at 110. You see these Bezaden out is sitting there at 100 to 1. So lots of guys that can do it. Y'all mentioned the Hoff. The Hoff is 150 to 1. So we'll, uh, we'll have a spirited discussion for sure as to how that all, you know, gets going whenever we uh, talk about the stuff that actually made our card. But uh, Kelly, kick, the, kick us off here with what you threw into the model this week as far as what you found important. And was there anything that you were reading that everybody else found important that you kind of de-emphasized? Um, yeah, I think I, I mean, I mentioned the putting. I think that there's there could be some, uh, uh, you know, back and forth on that and some disagreement mm-hmm. with, you know, from some people on the way I'm attacking that. But, uh, you know, really didn't factor that in much other than that. I would I would I would be shocked if my, my, my stats look very different from you guys and from most other people out there. In fact, this was uh, what I always like to do the process. And we always talk about these models. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I usually like to take, take basically a fresh start every year. You don't know what's changed. I want to re you know, kind of rescout the course, rebuild uh, you know, rebuild models and what I'm going to look at stats wise. This is one that over the past couple of years and 
I've had guys in the running, so I guess it makes sense. But this was one that I pulled up from last year and was like, I don't really think I need to tweak almost anything from this. Um, so it's a lot of, I mean, look, it's a lot of everything here. It is it is some focus off the tee. Off the tee is going to be important this week. Distance here usually matters. Um, that's something I factored in. Uh, you know, definitely accuracy matters, although we're definitely going to see a lot of guys hitting hitting out of uh, that Kakuya rough uh, as well. Kakuya, I just wanted to say Kakuya. Um, and then he obviously approach game, right? Approach game big here, proximity 150 to 200 yards, seeing about 47% of shots last year coming from that range. Big greens, I bring this up almost every time we talk about somewhere with big, bigger greens, opportunities gained is something I'm looking at. Uh, you know, just making it on the green might leave you with a difficult, you know, three putt situation. Want to get guys that are putting a little bit closer to the pin, especially on all these par fours. Um, as far as holes, par fours, 450 to 500. Um, and then strokes gained par fives. The par fives is just where all the scoring is done on this course. So I really, really heavy, heavy emphasis on that this week for me. That would that was one of the ones that I definitely I did take up from. Uh, from past models. And then it's a little bit of a mix of a mix of, you know, strokes gain around the green, some sand saves, some scrambling, some three putt avoidance, um, all of that mixed in as well. You know, on your note, on your note, Wes, I do think it is worth pointing out only 58 bunkers, but you got some of those really deep ones and some that can yeah. be really penal. And they're on the opposite sides of the greens. Dude, yeah. So tough. Yeah. So close. I think definitely, definitely something to, you know, at least be aware of uh, and, and factor into your handicapping this week. But yeah, I, I think it's all, it's all important this week. I mean, you're talking about the, uh, you know, what, what was the note I caught second lowest driving accuracy and green regulation percentage combination this week with this tour, uh, with this course. So it is two and a half percent for driving accuracy. By yeah. Way. Yeah. So I'm like, it's difficult to find fairways and to gr- get on the green from, fa- from the fairway, but that's, you know, that's always going to leave you the best chance. So that's, you know, what all my stats combined, that's what you're looking to do. So I, uh, it's interesting because I actually just went super heavy off the tee super heavy driving distance and super heavy scrambling and around the green and Wes, I basically built myself almost a bomb and gouge model. And I know that Riviera hasn't, hasn't historically been a bomb and gouge type of course, but But you can win playing that strategy. Yeah. And I think just the change in maybe the conditions, obviously the way that the game is played, you know, and all of that, I'm going to go out on a limb and kind of go against his history here and his historic trends and all of that. And that was kind of the way that I went about the model for me. So like I said, super heavy off the tee, super heavy driving distance, super heavy scrambling. And then the other typical stuff like, you know, the, the you guys I'm sure put in just the, the, you know, the, the par five scoring, the, the different approach numbers from one, 150, 175, 175, 200, stuff like that. But I, pretty much built a bomb and gouge course thinking hey look if if everybody's gonna be missing the fairways as it is anyway then give me the dude that's hitting it the furthest down there if everyone's gonna be playing out of rough then i'd rather my guy be hitting with a shorter iron out of the rough than the guy that's hitting from the longer iron out of the rough and i, I took um a hat tip to the guys over at at bet spurts who have now come out with their own kind of like mm-hmm. model thing that they've got going on over there. So again, we've talked about, I don't build my own models. I'm not a coder. I couldn't build a model in a year and a half. If you gave me like, you know, all the trillion dollars to do it. So I kind of lean on someone's people, other people's work with all of that. And so 
on top of the typical model stuff, I did go in and look at, they have a pretty cool tool where you can go in and look at carry distance on drives and all the things, stuff like that. And so I kind of weighted that into what the other model stuff came out for, for me, because I want dudes who are long and just putting it out there as far as can be, if it's going to be a softer condition type deal. And that also helps us out if they try to take some of these alternate ways to play these holes, which there's four or five different holes where you can get super creative with the way that you play them. So that's kind of how I went about it. Wes, what did your, what did your model kind of lean towards this week? Uh, relatively similar. Uh, uh, now I'll, I'll go ahead and start with approach uh, because look, John Rahm won here last year, number one on approach in the field. Joaquin Neiman the year before, number one on approach in the field. Adam Scott uh, in between. Homa uh, was the winner in between, but he was second off the tee. I'll get to that in a moment. And then Adam Scott third on approach. So I think approach absolutely still matters here, even though these greens are massive because the GIR rate is like less than 57%. So you would think, okay, it's easy to hit these greens. It's not like at Pebble where they're like the shape of dimes. They're quarters here at Riviera. Uh, but, but still when you get in that rough, it, it's really hard with the different angles uh, in terms of proximity, a little bit of proximity, 150 to 175, 175 to 200. I think about half of your shots are going to be from that uh, area. In terms of off the tee, I did a combination of good drives gained and strokes gained off the tee because good drives gained, I think, could be really good here because you're going to miss fairways. You're ab- you're absolutely, you're not going for, uh, you know, 14 to 14 on fairways here uh, for, for a round. Uh, like I mentioned, the driving accuracy rate, just 52 and a half percent. So good drives measure, whether you can still hit the green, even when you don't hit the fairway. So I use that. It's a tough score course to gain off the tee. So I want the guys that, you know, can gain a little bit better off the tee, at least recently, uh, strokes gained around the green. And I'll tie that into the greens and regulation only being about 56, 57%. You're going to miss greens and you're going to have to scramble out of that rough around the green it's kind of unpredictable and tricky the poa greens are faster they undulate the bunkers here are a little bit tougher so i did a combination of strokes gained around the green and also some scrambling gained along with a little bit of bogey avoidance here and then in terms of the scoring stat i did do the par five because that's how Raman neiman if it's going to play like it has the last two years which i'm not sure it's totally going to play that way you got to score on these par fives and they're all scorable. The first one, especially is short. It's barely over 500 yards. Number one uh, on the front. So par five scoring in terms of other scoring, seven of the 11 par fours on this layout measure over 450 or about 450 to 500. So I included that. I did do strokes gain putting POA really small, but I think if, if you're doing it out of a hundred percent, that should be like two, 3% or something like that uh, but because because it's unpredictable and it's just who's hot that week. And then I looked at Riviera strokes gain total average strokes per round because when you do like that course history, you get dudes here like Adam Scott who play here every year who has the last 36 rounds. And then you get somebody like Cameron Young, it's eight rounds uh, historically, or Victor Hovland, it's 12 rounds. So I do average per round, but I did want to look at some history here because I do think if you look at a little bit of a graphic, you know, where it measures course form, you see a lot of guys like, like, for example, Max Homa, second last year, 10th the year before, winner the year before, fifth the year before. You got several guys in this field like that who are typical top five, top 10, top 20 guys here every single year. Guys, we're going to take a brief, brief break. When we come back, we'll let you know what those models squirted out and what ended up making our betting cards this week. Stick around here on Long Shots. 
Welcome back. Long shots here on the VEASAN Podcast Network. Golf betting podcast. Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, Wes Reynolds. And this is typically when we would go around the world with Wes Reynolds, but we would just make it all the way back around without Wes saying yes. anything to us because there's uh, nothing going on this week. Wow. I was hoping that you would be betting the chub, Wes. I wanted yeah. to just be able to say, hey, but here's Wes's chub. <laughs> picks, you know, but uh, that's... Uh, yeah, that's, that, that yeah. is the uh, opening, by the way, of the uh, Champions Tour that you are referring to. Uh, <laughs> Steve Stricker, as usual, the uh, very short favorite, I believe. That, yeah, they start in Naples uh, this week at the Tavern Golf Club uh, where they used to play the, uh, the Franklin Templeton or whatever it's called, Grant Thornton Shootout or yeah. Invitational. Uh, right now so I might have something for interest but uh, uh, why waste the flight no no uh, no DP World Tour event this week no uh, live event or anything else just in case you're wondering the Chubb yes the the Chubb is a world leader in insurance serving consumers and companies of all sizes get a quote today wait 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 (laughs) Chubb is insurance how out of all of the insurance companies that there are in this world that I've seen commercials for my entire life how have I never heard of Chubb insurance Biz, uh, business and personal insurance solutions. You got to get a Chubb. You got to yeah. get a Chubb there, Matt. Come on. The, the uh, Chubb Corporation, based in uh, Zurich, Switzerland, uh, apparently was founded in Bermuda. Oh. But uh, yeah, not exactly like American Family or the Travelers yeah, no, or a traditional name. I mean, ser- Chubb Insurance used to be just Viagra. Like that was that was that was Chubb Insurance. Like, come uh, on, Shaq, you can get the general involved at uh, least. Yeah, Let's but, go. Come now, on. Now, now we know. All right, Chubb Insurance. Now, now, now we know. Moving for for next year, we'll know, right? Like, we'll be sure and be all over that's right all over the chub uh whenever we go down to it all right since since, since we didn't get your uh, around the world picks this week let's go ahead and just kick things off here with uh with your genesis picks yeah and uh look uh, a couple couple that i had to make some decisions on uh because Mm -hmm. short field you can't play a lot i think i ended up on five but uh Justin Thomas was the one I did leave off. Uh, uh, he's been very popular, and I think for good reason. I think he's going to win soon. I think it might come in Florida, though, instead of this week. But he is one I reserve the right to add kind of on the short end. I did a skew uh, or skirt uh, Scotty and Rory, and look, those guys can win every week. Uh, and Victor and Xander, I skirted that. But uh, uh, speaking of Xander, I went with his mate, though, Patrick Cantlay, 20-1. to 1 third here last year led the field in tee to green was fourth in uh, 2018 11th at pebble beach but i thought he played better than he finished he was second after the first round was the overnight betting favorite never because he started at spyglass which was the easier course never got much going i think was like maybe one back at a lead and outside the final pairing heading into the third round and then just didn't do much in that third round so he finished 11th i think that was a deceptive finish though for patrick cantlay at 20 to 1 yeah Wes, uh, I, I let me let me hop in right here and I, i'm glad that you put him on your card because there is no golfer that has finished more times inside the top five of all of my models that i have bet less than patrick cantlay and right. i don't know why i like i I don't know why he fits every single everything almost every week. And I just never end up pulling the trigger. He doesn't have to win equity. I get it. No, I'm glad you did because I should, my numbers tell me I should be playing him. You know, it's just like, I think it's because I don't like his face or something like all that much. (laughs) And it's just like, I I just, yeah, it's the the way that he stands over a putt for 20 minutes. That they want money to play the Ryder cup. It's like, 
Usher did the Super Bowl for free. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like all the other performers. It's like when I'm sitting there and I'm trying to like just get through the fourth round and then he's taking like 90 seconds. He does. He does do that. You know what? I'm like, I can't deal with this anymore. Yeah. All right. God damn it. He, all right. He does so, that waggle. Like, yeah, I'd really it's like really to bad. defend Cantlay here as the resident uh, regular Cantlay better here, but... Uh, <laughs> He he uh he's burned me a lot. I think yeah. that, I think that's just in the back of my head when I stare at that now, Matt. Because yeah, it, with to to back you up uh, to back it up at least a little bit more, Wes. We might be cracking jokes here, but yes, Cantlay is in the top five of everything and, I read. And I have him to win a major. And if you really look at like Cantlay's profile, he's very rarely been right there in a major, but he has the game to do yep. it. Yep. and he just Absolutely. never has done it. But I think this could be the year. So Cantlay twenty to one. Uh, Tony Finau, 35 to one, uh, didn't seem to be a lot of interest in him in the market. He's been a two-time runner up here, 2019, 2021. I uh, remember he lost that playoff. I was on him that year and he lost the playoff to Homa, uh, six, two weeks ago at Torrey Pines, second on approach, uh, didn't play that great at Pebble beach, but I think on these shorter kind of creative courses, I think actually Tony Finau really fits here. And, you know, the finishes would kind of indicate that, uh, uh, I'm taking another shot with Sahith at, at uh, just a little bit north, 36 to one. Uh, settled for fifth. He was right there. Just kind of got off to a really shaky start. And really both the weekend rounds, both the third and the fourth rounds. Uh, six here last year after he was third for strokes gained around the green, fourth on approach. I actually thought he was really good at scrambling. He just, he kind of lost his way a little bit off the tee. Uh, I think uh, in the final two rounds at Phoenix, and that's what led him not to be a contender. Uh, uh, one guy that did kind of sneaky contend a little bit ended up, I think, finishing T eight last week. Cameron Young at forty to one, who is the runner up here. Him and Morikawa were the co runner ups to Joaquin Neiman here two years ago. Third at Dubai, T eight at Phoenix. He does have a new caddy. It is Wayne DeHaas, uh, who was a longtime bagman for Ernie Els that he started the year with uh, last week at Phoenix. He was second off the tee and, you know, two really good starts uh, had that had that other kind of outlier start where, uh, you know, just kind of barely made the cut. But Cameron Young, I think after that disappointing year in 2023 and look, didn't make the Ryder Cup team either. So I, I sense a little bit of an edge with him, you know, I like a real perhaps winning edge. I think he's going to win pretty soon. And then, uh, a little bit of a gamble, even though the price isn't exactly bomb territory at only 55 to one. But uh, Will Zalatoris, uh, I am going to uh, play this week. Uh, not really doing that great so far in 2024, even though he's 13th at Tory uh, three weeks ago. Shot the lowest round, by the way, in Saturday's third round. Gained strokes in all categories over the last two events. If you look one year ago today, Will Zalatoris left Riviera as number seven in the world. And now he's number 54, of course, because he missed about eight months with the back surgery. But I think he's on the way back. Uh, I would not be surprised to see him contend. He's another one of those guys that I think is a very, very good shot shaper. So uh, uh, Will Zalatoris, 55 to one. Uh, I didn't play. I think this is the week where maybe to a temporary end, the bomb run comes to an end. But I did look at some guys down there in triple digits. I considered Denny McCarthy because he's such a good putter and so good around the greens at about 90 to one or 100 to one. Harris English is another one. I also considered pretty solid history here, but uh, uh, I did not go with any of the bombs. I think we're going to get a shorter guy win this week. 
you and me both, and I'll go ahead before we go to you, Kelly, and let everybody know, you and I share two plays, Wes. I also have Cam Young, also have Zalatoris, and the... The, uh, the, oh, you Uh-oh. are also. Oh, look at that! Look at that! I um. So Cameron for Young. me, it is the I I, I want to be early as opposed to late, right? And I, y'all seem a theme for that for me on a couple of the other plays in my account. But like Will Zalatoris, if you watch, like he's he's been one of the golfers that I have watched the most of on purpose because I wanted to see what he looked like and if it looked like he was kind of coming back into form and. I think so, and at the price we're getting right now, I don't know if we're going to see these prices again here pretty soon, and so I'd rather be ahead of it than behind it, and so I I also on Zalatoris, and obviously I told you guys that I focus so incredibly heavily this week on driving, and, and with all of that, you know that Cam Young is always going to be right up there with all of that. If you look across the board, off the tee over the last year, 10th in the field, driving distance, second in the field. If we look at total driving, fifth in the field. I talked about that carry distance that I really, really like and I'm looking for. He's fourth in the field with all of that. And so uh, really high on him with that. We'll come, we'll, we'll swing back around here, but Kelly, let's, uh, let's get to your card. Okay. Um, yeah, not, not on with you guys with Zalatoris, but understand it. I, I do think, uh, anytime you're talking about trying to, trying to beat a number before it's go, you know, before it's going to shorten, uh, I'm never going to have a problem with that. And you're taking a chance on that. And uh, with Zalatoris, and yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Um, Cameron Young, I, I'm with you. I was a little surprised, you know, how high he spiked in a couple of the models that I ran. And, you know, a couple of good finishes recently, right? Last week, you mentioned it, Wes, third in the Dubai Desert Classic uh, as well. So he's kind of done it a little bit all over the world. Uh, T20 here last year, T2 year before that. Uh, so yeah, played, just played an outright on him. He's a guy that, uh, I don't I feel like over the past couple of years, I I've been the guy who's taken more of a wait, wait and see approach with Cameron Young, which is, I, you know, I think been good at times been bad at times and, and not a guy I've been able to hit, uh, really hit on, but, uh, did play him this week. I thought at 40 to one, that was a uh, pretty good number. One I quick mean, note on Cameron Young. Yeah. If you remember, he had that caddy switch last year, Paul Tesori. Mm-hmm who is Webb Simpson's longtime guy in the bag. He's now with Tom Kim. Uh, so uh, Wayne DeHaz, uh, the longtime Ernie Ells caddy, is with Cameron Young. Okay, well, there you go. Um, so, yeah, bet him 40 to 1. I, I think he's – I'm not sure what's out of DraftKings right now, but I think 35 to 1 or longer is is, is a good play uh, on him this week. I just played an outright, though. I didn't want to get overly aggressive with him. Just played the outright there. Uh, starting at the top of my card, I did play – I played Xander and I played Morikawa. Um, I've played both those guys – Already this year, I'm, you know, just kind of sitting here twiddling my thumbs, waiting for one of them to get home. I mean, they check all the boxes for everything this week. Uh, and I think there's a lot of guys up there. A lot of guys at the top of the board. I agree with you guys that I, I think it's probably going to be somewhere near, closer to the top of the board that probably wins this week. It's just between the stat profiles, before the, uh, between that and between what these guys have done here at this tournament before, it is, it's just so hard to to look past. I think the the Cantleys, the Max Homas, the Colmore Cowas, the Tony Finaus, even that you mentioned, the Xander Shoffleys, you know, the, I mean, Hovland, like all these guys that you're talking about the best guys out there that have all done well at this tournament here, even just in recent years. I think you could make a great case for a lot of these guys, but uh, Xander, Morikawa, both of them right around top five model plays for me. Xander was, uh, you know, a mess at Pebble in his last star T54, but weather affecting things there. T9 at the Farmers, T3 at the MX, T10 at the Century. 
three top 20 finishes here in the last five years. Morikawa, T14 at the Pebble. At Pebble. Yes, he missed the cut at the Farmers, which is a little concerning. T5 at Century. T6 here last year. T2 la- uh, uh, T6 and T2 the last two t- years here. So I couldn't pass up on those guys. It, shop around numbers for sure um, would be my recommendation if you're looking at anybody. Anybody around 20, you know, in that kind of 16 to 22 to 1 range. I, I found some pretty some pretty different numbers book to book. So definitely shop around if you're looking at anybody anybody in those uh in that range. I played uh outrights and top tens on both of those guys um this week. And then the one that uh the only other guy that I bet on so far, um and, and look, I until I find my groove, these cards are gonna be a little bit shorter. I think anybody who's been what listening to this podcast, just overall outrights uh that I was betting definitely got chopped down a bit last year. Um, I'm going to continue on that. And, and then the rest of the menu of bets, probably not going to be exp- expanding for me until, you know, I feel like I'm in a groove and reading things well uh, with these tournaments. So no reason to force things here early. I think until you feel you're really feeling comfortable with what you're betting, but one guy I'm a little upset. You didn't mention Wes, because uh, I got real excited again about him this week. I've bet him once or twice already this year. I know you have as well. Adam Scott. Mm-hmm. I, I know, I know yeah. the number got short on him, that's, but and that's what kept it off. Okay, because, uh, yep. I'll certainly have him in all the placement markets. I have a top I, twenty. Yeah, I have a yeah, top. I 20 bet Adam now. Scott like every freaking year here at Riviera, and he's got great success. Played very well, by the way, at Phoenix. I think he was number one in putting. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually in the field. Cause remember, remember when Adam Scott was like such a poor putter and now that's the strength of his game. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's what we've seen. I, or actually led it for the fourth round, but he, he, he was really playing well last week, but and he it, got cut like below 30. I I'd need like 40 something. And, and yeah, I played top 20 on him and, and mainly a lot of that stuff. Like I said, like I, I, since I didn't factor in driving accuracy at all this week, really, because again, I think that a lot of people are just going to be playing out of the rough. So then you go in and it's like, oh, one of the older dudes out there. It's like yeah. 13th in all of the PGA Tour over the last 12 months in driving distance, 10th in carry distance, 13th in strokes gained off the tee over the last 12 months. His it's like, golf swing is still one of the more beautiful yeah, golf swings. It's like, all right, Adam Scott, get on with it. Now, yeah. let's not talk about the accuracy and all that. We're not, we're not, we're not worried about that. We're, we're, not, we're not worried about this and that this uh, week. But, like, you know, if we're just talking about can he still get it on out there? Like, he can still get it on out there. So, I I, uh, I played a top 20 on him as well. Yeah, the, I, I'm a, this is probably my favorite uh, favorite play of the year so far, I would say, with Adam Scott. And, yes, I played an outright at yes odds I would I, I I don't love West but I still played it outright on him and right. then it's a it's a big top twenty bet uh, for me I I think that's my biggest bet probably of the season so far yeah top twenty on Adam Scott this week um look I, he was top ten all the models I ran T I mean finished T nine last week T twenty at Pebble he's been doing this consistently T seven uh, Dubai Desert Classic even if you go back to early December T four at the Australian Open uh, he's been doing it all over the world recent form really you know playing really well um, and look this is like you you said it already Wes this is a course that he's played very very well at one year uh, just a few years ago two other you know two other top tens in the in the last five years uh, so yeah Adam Scott I'm all over this week is that the end of your card sir that is that is yes all right so I told you there was a theme to mine, and mine is I'm not going to miss out on this. I'm going to be early before and, and not hate myself. And so I talked about this Alatorre's play. I played both J. <laughs> I played both. I played both JT and Ludwig. Um, it's like 
those guys are going to win and they're going to win soon. And I'm just not going to miss out on it. Um, this is a short, shorter field event. It could end up just completely favoring bombers. We know Ludwig just sends it like nobody else, nobody's business. Um, JT, one of the dudes that can just be an absolute wizard if this becomes a throwing dart fest, if it is actually soft, it is actually one of those deals where you can kind of go at these pins aggressively. We know that Justin Thomas is is one of the dudes that is absolutely a wizard when it comes to all that. And so I'm not missing out on JT winning. I'm not missing out on Ludwig winning. I think both of those guys have very high win percentages this week. And so with that, I kind of stuck with what, what Wes said. Like I stuck to the top of the board. It's JT, it's Ludwig, it's Zalatoris, it's Cam Young, and my fifth one is is Sam Burns. And if you look, he was close for me too. He is he is on fire right now. Like he is just absolutely on fire, scorching all over the place. And listen, the one reason he doesn't blow people's models up every single week is because of the driving accuracy, which we know he can spray it a little bit here and there. Yeah. But again. If we're de-emphasizing that because most people are going to be playing out of the rough, then I'm okay with playing a dude that when he gets hot with the irons, when he gets hot putting, when he actually just gets hot with anything, he is literally one of the best birdie makers there is on the entire PGA Tour. And so I'm going to ride the hot streak right now with him. I think he's coming in playing some of the, if not the best golf on the tour right now. So went ahead and played Burns as well. I mentioned the Adam Scott top 20. I think a lot of people got burned last week, me included, but I'm going back to the well with Benny on on a top 20. Um, it's just a guy that just really ended up struggling last week. He was on the bad end of the draw as well. And so it's just mm. kind of like, you know, I'll, 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 I'll kind of throw that out for him. Some um, of those guys kind of like mentally gave in being on the bad end of the draw. Yeah. Benny on soon yeah. And, uh, you know, there were several of those guys. And so I just kind of like, I'm just going to throw that out. And and so he he fits what I like on this course a ton. Pops in the models and all that. So really do like him. Um, guys, we, we can't get out of here without kind of discussing the guys at the top. And then Tiger as well. I mean, you know, Scotty, Rory, Victor, all these guys didn't make any of our cards. I mean, would it surprise me if Scotty or or Rory won. I mean, this course should fit Rory like absolutely perfectly with everything mm -hmm. that he does. Yeah, he's got but, two top fives. Yeah. It's just kind of like it's 10 to one, you know, I, I don't, I, it's just, it's 10 to yeah. one and it's a loaded field with like, you know, the very best players in the world. It's basically a no cut. And so I just can't, I don't know. I think it takes some of the juice out of it for me to go towards a Scotty or a Rory and, and, if they win, will it surprise me? Absolutely not. And I'll just, again, move on to the next tournament and missing out on more outrights. But I just can't get there at these numbers. I don't know how close y'all got to either one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. I'll just, I think, it, I'm glad you brought all three of them up. I mean, look, mm -hmm. Scheffler, it's kind of the same old story. Uh, it's, he was number one in all my models, uh, yeah. for sure. Not that he, and it's not that he hasn't played well here before, but I think when you're, I think when you're lo looking at a, I think when you're looking at a board where, you know, there's some other really great guys that have also played here, played really well here before. It was easy to cross him off for me and move on from that. And, and frankly, I don't know about you guys. Rory did not really spike too, too high. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 he really... was in that 10 ish, 10 to 15 ish range for me, kind yeah. of in models that I ran. So, you know, that made it an easy reason that, you know, considering the prices, obviously considering the prices made it an easier reason for me to cross them off, look somewhere else. And then the one guy we, you know, we didn't really, the other guy you brought up, I think quick there, Matt, 
Um, but you know, I know he wasn't on any of our cards and I'm wondering if we all have the same reaction as Victor Hovland, right? Like, like Vic is a guy I'd probably be looking at more, but man, after those comments in skipping last week, like, so, like, yeah, I might get burned by it, but I'm going to, it's too easy for me to cross you off and move on when I know you're concerned about your own game. It's way easier when it's like 14 to one. If you miss out on, on right. Vic winning too, it's just kind of like, okay, well, whatever. I missed out on Vic at 14 to one. It kind of is what it is. Uh, Wes, you know, there's kind of two, there's kind of two schools of thoughts here. I think about Scotty Scheffler, uh, in this tournament, and this can kind of like bleed over into anyone listening to us that also plays DFS or also plays one and done or something. And there is the thought of, well, he puts like ass as it is anyway, and these are super hard greens to to read and to put on. So that's like absolute that's double bad. Or the other school of thought is he puts like ass, but everybody puts like ass on these greens, mm-hmm. and so it should ba- it should even things out. Yeah. Well, I don't know which one you subscribe to because there's like a couple of, of, of trains of thought there on that. You know, I'm a little bit just kind of looking at just how the schedule breaks down. I, I think this is only his third straight event, Scotty. Rory comes in, Victor, Xander, week off. But third straight week for Scotty. Probably a lot of the top end guys. I haven't looked at the early commitments for Mexico next week, but probably you're going to see a lot weaker field mm-hmm. uh, next week in that because then you get to the Florida swing where you're going to start seeing guys play uh, – you know, the, uh, the, at Bay Hill in, in Orlando or the Valspar, the players obviously moved up. So, you know, I, I wonder about some of these guys. Like when you talk about Rory, Rory's actually never won in California, which, which, surpri- which surprises me mm-hmm. with all the major championships that have been held out there, but yeah. never won in California. Uh, Scotty can win any week. I think his best finish was seventh here uh two years ago he's got five uh five uh, events here i think only top 10 one time now he's a lot better player than he was back then when he first got out here but yeah i just i you know i i wonder if the putting is going to continue poorly uh, again for him and uh uh just i thought that there were guys that just kind of fit this course a little bit better yeah it's just also for me i like i said i i i know it's it's Seems like a lazy handicap, but just this this field is so ridiculously stacked and with guys that are coming in playing super, super, super well. I don't know. It's just hard for me to take a a short shot um, like that. I mean, that being said, there are kind of, you know, in one and dones, if one, whatever, this is an elevated event. I mean, like this is going to, you know, this is going to get you a ton of money to whoever wins this thing. So you wanted to play scotty if you want to play rory i am not going to talk you off as 3.5 million dollars first place is going to you know it's going to rocket you up the leaderboard in a short field so i can understand the the reasoning behind all of that uh kelly if you who wins this tournament and you hate yourself because you don't have a ticket on them Ooh, hold on good call go to wes on that one first i gotta think about this all right Ah. Wes, who's your who would be your biggest regret well, two of the guys that you have, actually. Uh, Justin Thomas, uh, because he really fit close. And I've been saying, look, he, he's back. You know, he's mm-hmm. not what he was last year where he kind of fell off the face of the earth. I think he is absolutely back. He's going to win something big. He might come in Florida. Maybe it comes this week. Uh, so I'm just kind of trying to time him right. And and Ludwig. Uh, mm-hmm. Ludwig, look, he could win here. He has the mm-hmm. game to win here. He doesn't have the experience. Because with Ludwig, it's like, I want to try to time him right because I think he's going to win, but he is getting his first look at these courses. Mm -hmm. So does it take a year before he starts to win more regularly? Because I think he's going to win at some point in the calendar year, but this is the first time on these courses, but he certainly has the ability to win here. 
Mine okay. is pretty easy, Kelly, because my guy is 12th and 8th in a couple of the versions of the models that I ran, and the number attached to him is just juicy enough that it would actually kind of hurt me a little bit, and that's actually Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, Ooh, Fleetwood okay. is inside, like I said, inside the top 8 in one of mine, inside the top 12 in one of the other versions of all of this, and that's a, you know, a 35-ish to 1, 40-ish to 1 number attached to him out there as well, so... That would kind of sting, I think, a little bit because uh, he's he he is higher in the model than the number dictates. But I just couldn't, you know, in a seventy-player field, I just can't bet everybody. So he he kind of doesn't make the card. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I bet I love to bet the lovable loser, Tommy Fleetwood. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, he he was not on there. No, my answer is actually easy because I was going to go with Patrick Cantlay, but I considered him enough. I considered and decided to pass. So when you when you go that deep and decide to pass. You got to be okay with the results. Mm. The one guy that uh, I would say he, he's way, way, he's way further up there in the model models that, that I was expecting. Uh, never expected that I would be interested in playing him on this course, uh, particularly, and just breaking down his game a little further. It's really interesting what's going on right now with him. Siwoo Kim, <laughs> who okay. you know, I, who you know, I bet often, um, but Siwoo struggling on approach right now. And not really anywhere else in his game as of recent, which is, you know, the complete inverse of what you expect uh, from Siwoo Kim. So that was a little interesting to me. I mean, he was 13th in, in one of my models. Was shocked to see him that high for, you know, and he's a 50 to one on the outright. So, uh, yeah, it would be Siwoo Kim because he was kind of one of the, I guess, one of the longer, longer shots that I considered and passed on. But, but Cantley, if he wins, I'll be okay with because I, I was, it was between really Xander more. It was Xander more cow and Cantley. I was going to play two of the three of them and pass on one of them. Cantley was the guy I left off. Well, uh, we'll all just meet back here and, you know, we'll, we'll cry over everything whenever Sam Ryder wins this tournament or whatever, right, yeah. you know, it, 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 with, with his 200, it's not even playing. No. Uh, <laughs> like, like, yeah. I mean, it's like, you're sitting here and you're like Sam Ryder with his 285 off the, off the tee, third to last in the field and everything, you know, it's, yeah, it'll be Sam Ryder at 350 to one or whatever the hell it is. Or, or Tiger like continues the long shot run. <laughs> yeah. Look, he's certainly going to get tickets. He always is yeah. going to because people like to root for him. Yeah, it'll be. It'll be wild. But guys, again, everything we do on this podcast, absolutely free. So please go ahead, hit that subscribe button. We do appreciate it. If you want to hit the thumbs up button as well, that certainly helps us out. And uh, on the YouTube side of things. And if you're uh, just listening to the audio, so uh, the ratings and the reviews also help us climb those charts. If you have not already joined over at vsin.com, you can get in for just 9.99 right now and if you do that for the for the month, not only are you going to get our March Madness betting guide to go in with all that, but you also get Wes's course breakdowns and all of his write-ups for everything for the next month as well, so be sure and get in over there on that and uh, take advantage of the 9.99 introductory offer if you haven't done so already. For Kelly, for Wes, I'm Matt. Good luck on all your Genesis bets. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast 
is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.